Yeah, it's unfair to deprive to deprive the global community from the Ethiopian wisdom that has a general general characteristic uh, and broader nature. In the same time, that has its own rational, uh, I mean, purely individualistic rational flavor. Uh, so this is with, with this conviction that I am trying to uh, present my paper. So the study of history of ideas requires an inquiry into varied contexts in the global uh, society, uh, understanding the different social, uh, environmental, natural realities in different societies, understanding the cultural, uh, <clears throat> intellectual traditions that may shape the meaning of life in the societies. So these kinds of deep explorations may demand a scholar to unhide or reveal certain uh, unsupported multi-layered uh, uh, <clears throat> social, cultural, scientific, philosophical documents and traditions. So these kinds of, uh, again, attempts are maybe informed from a kind of searching for under, underlying uh, principles or foundations that may give us certain patterns that may unite human societies. Okay, so such rigorous attempts yield kind of discoveries of both commonalities and exceptionalities among the lived experience of people across the globe. So from such convictions findings, we are invited to rethink and examine and reclaim our epistemological, uh, axiological, metaphysical, meteorological approaches to understand the humanity that appears to be rather uh, an opaque for uh, distinctive scientific methodologies, unlike uh, the hard sciences. So the social sciences or the humanities demand these kinds of rigorous attempts. Uh, when you come to the second important point of my introduction on African philosophy and debates, there are different debates who, uh, I mean, different issues that uh, center the debate that African philosophy is questionable, Africans have no philosophy, so philosophers from African background or from non-African background who are uh, interested in African studies in terms of philosophical aspects come up with a certain methodological uh, approaches and brought to us certain sources that can give us a foundation for philosophical studies, for example, Wiradu uh, and Bakalogtama said that an African philosophy after the colonization, colonialism movement uh, was an attempt to solve searching process that can give us a lesson to uh, understand ourselves in African context in the same time that gives Europeans to, to rethink their epistemological foundations. Um, and it's an, an, an attempt to free Africans from possible epistemicides that can emanate from uh, imperialism of any sort, uh, any sort as uh, Santos says. As part of such soul-searching process, Ethiopian philosophy or history of ideas in Ethiopian context should focus on the contemporary history of non-Western philosophy, a variant of philosophy, but that may have certain flavors that can be shaped by the social cultural contexts, political realities, economic worldviews, uh, and indigenous knowledge systems of certain society. My own experience in taking this course as um, a first time to teach Ethiopian philosophy was facing a certain, I was faced a difficulty. Where is the material? How can I approach? What is Ethiopian philosophy? Which one is really Ethiopian philosophy? And why we need to teach Ethiopian philosophy if we are giving our students general courses on philosophies? So this is one of uh, the reasons that uh, interested me to uh, focus on Ethiopian philosophy. 
characteristically Ethiopia intellectual tradition or the history of ideas can be understood with these broader contexts, aspiring for wisdom, wisdom is broader understanding, I mean, broader uh, definition, a virtue, a personality uh, and good behavior establishment, a social philosophy, the nature of interaction within the community, and, and the world of Ethiopians, the world that we live that entertains both the human and non-human entities. So how can we generally understand Ethiopia? So these kinds of uh, issues are central in the history of ideas. Philosophy in Ethiopia and Ethiopian philosophy can have certain differences in the, in the definition. How can we adopt philosophy toward the Ethiopian world? Is philosophy in Ethiopia? Historically, we have certain translations, adaptations characteristically um, designed to be to fit to the social realities uh, with systematic intervention of curious translators. And Ethiopian philosophy can, uh, can be original texts that can be written for the purpose of philosophical reflections like the Hattatas, or that can be written for the purpose of apologetics, religious apologetics, and chronicles, and so on and so on. So we can dig out certain thought systems from these kinds of vast literature that is both oral and uh, written. So the place of the Hattatas or the, the pre the, and the two treatises, are they, or can they situate to the Ethiopianity, or are they purely exceptional? So the controversy on the authenticity has a kind of reasonable foundations. Uh, and what are their significances for our contemporary studies in philosophy? And how can we uh, invite the intellectuals for these kinds of investigations of the non-Western thoughts, the voices the unheard voice from the non So Ethiopian philosophy studies can be, I think, uh, I mean, should focus on these kinds of issues. Uh, uh, rather than the mainstream Ethiopian studies that primarily focus on uh, historical events, cultural studies, linguistic studies, and so on and so on. These are the questions that we might we may take as an, uh, central issues. What are their place in the history of ideas in general, African philosophy, Ethiopian philosophy in particular? What philosophical contents in relation to metaphysical, epistemological, theological, and so on and so on issues can be taken from these uh, texts? What kinds of approaches to searching truths can be learned from the Hattatas, starting from the Hattata itself? Harmonetics, methodic doubt, unlike Cartesian doubt, another methodic doubt, critical social theory perspective, the interpretation that Andamta, the Hattata kind of discourse can be taken from this. So what kinds of methodological, I mean, methodologically, how can we enrich our search for truths? Specifically, as I have said in our, in my, a speech, I mean, uh, in my introduction, the, to understand better the opacity of humanity. Or, or, okay, what contemporary significance in our contemporary world, both for the Ethiopian and for the non-Ethiopian? And how, what is the significance of this approach, approaching to the texts, whether they are uh, forgery or uh, original texts? When I come to the second topic, uh, Ethiopian intellectual tradition, this, the studies so far focus on the historical analysis of mainstream historical events that are shaped by the political interests of subsequent uh, leaders. Some of the studies are oriented on the linguistic, religious, cultural studies with their own dangers of creating a kind of sharp distinction between um, different cultures, different languages, different worldviews of Ethiopians. They are dangerous religious studies that are also uh, shaped by 
the intentions of the proper proponents of religions and cultural studies that may focus on the kind of superficial activities and rituals. And most of the time uh, are, I mean, uh, predominantly descriptive and based on the narratives than uh, and hiding the foundational uh, world, I mean, belief systems. So the history of ideas as an examination on those same systems, uh, an epistemological and metaphysical foundation for social interaction can give us an opportunity to go beyond the middle expressions or the superficial common sense understanding, and at the same time, uh, a wrong characterization of the society at hand. So in this case, the history of idea or intellectual tradition, the study on intellectual tradition in Ethiopia should be conscious about this uh, background in Ethiopian studies. So it goes beyond these kinds of superficial uh, common sense understandings, and it can uh, give us an assignment and uh, I mean, a possibility to have certain findings on these kinds of aspirations that goes beyond the uh, superficial issues. Sumner's attempt can be acknowledged in this regard because he was trying to find certain foundational belief systems in Ethiopian worldview. Specifically, uh, he came up with uh, two approaches. The first one is approaching the written documents in Ethiopia. The five texts he translated and interpreted and producing numerous volumes, about five volumes from these texts. And the second approach, he tries to approach the oral literature, the oral Muslim literature, I think he produced about three uh, volumes. So he was just searching the history of ideas, not uh, documenting or narrating or uh, uh, describing uh, the issues, uh, the issues I raised earlier. In this case, where the scholar is not privileged to access documented and personal reflections that entertain certain lineages of mutual influence in, in, in the tradition of Western philosophy, it's very difficult to unhide these kinds of links. And at times we may say that these kinds of issues are not uh, characteristically Ethiopian because they, they manifest a kind of uh, an Ethiopian flavor. So that's why the search for the foundation gives us the link between the possible, the, the possible link between the texts across uh, geographical and uh, chronological differences. So the, the, possibility, the responsibility lies on how to unhide the fundamental principles from the multi-layered lived experience of the society. Multi-layered lived experience of the society in this case is intended to indicate the philosophical, the religious, the cultural, the social, the economic, the political experience of the society through their history. So in such difficulties, the scholar's job is to, of course, to transcend such midlay of impressions and to discern the patterns of order through which such details are bound together in a living whole. That is what uh, Levin says in his introduction to Wax and Gold. Now, in this case, we can find patterns of thought, patterns of thought that can unite together these kinds of varieties in different forms. The history of ideas in Ethiopia and intellectual tradition in Ethiopia requires such kind of efforts to discern the pattern and the logos within which the seemingly unstructured, superstitious, conventional common sense expressions are and practices and practices are uh, founding their, I mean, find their foundings. But for the deep scrutiny and insightful approach, Ethiopia is convenient for such research. 
because we have two important traditions. One, the oral tradition that entertains its own unique flavor that uh, starting from the uh, things, parables, storytellings in our literary communications to the highest creativity that demands highest creativity after certain years of study, the agriculture, both kind of agriculture. Agriculture has so two variants. The first one is, as it is known from the pedagogical and epistemological foundation of Ethiopian Orthodox tradition, the other is the people have their own creativity by using a couple of phrases to describe issues that are very fundamental. So the Kine culture is not exclusively given to the church tradition. It's also the lived experience of the people that use the Kine to reflect on the pressing issues, fundamental problems in their day-to-day uh, -day activities. For example, one uh, Amharic Kine says, this was the, I, I don't know how to translate this. It was a time in the great uh, famine in Ethiopia. The rains are not falling from the God. The farmer said that, uh, uh, I searched God, he is not here. I think he's taken to, away from another place. The suffer, the sufferer is a place that the, the, the people for, from the star, I mean, starving people are, have been gathered. So maybe God must be taken away from this. This is a kind of challenge from the farmer, his aunt. challenge. This is a kind of, So these kinds of traditions, oral traditions, still they contain philosophical, deep thought and critical issues for, for, for their own person. And the, the, the second important privilege that a scholar who may engage in Ethiopian study specifically in the history of ideas, has a vast literature on the this tradition, both the original and translated texts. We have also, I mean, at least we have heard about two important texts, the Hassasa and the Deika Stephanos are examples. There are different texts, for example, the works by Abagyomi, the Gaschakambi examples for these kinds of, uh, both apologetics and having their own social and political roles. Uh, documents that are exclusive, not exclusively read, written for religious purposes, but also for uh, astrology, philosophy, law, and, and so on and so on related issues. So Ethiopians passed through the golden age, according to the characterization of Christian Orthodox tradition. That age was known by dark age in the European tradition. The golden age is the age that numerous books are produced. Partly the Hatatas are variants in that uh, golden age, if we are agreeing about the golden age characterization of the, the years. Such intellectual tradition was known for its intercultural expositions by contextualizing and translating from foreign wisdom and producing original texts. Yarel's contribution to music, Abagyurgi Zagascha's contribution for um, apologetics and religious controversies of his time. Deika Stefanos' intervention in, the, in terms of critical social theory, uh, and the Tuhatatas with their predecessors of the Fisalgos, the, the, the three documents analyzed by Samuel Fisalgos, the Book of the Wise Philosophers and the Skandas. So the problem of studying history of ideas in Ethiopia lies in fig figuring out the central ideas that persist from, I mean, through the years. And what are the interests of the Ethiopians in reflecting to, in on their uh, social and historical realities. 
we can just summarize the history of ideas without generalization and exaggeration, the idea of justice, the idea of creationist metaphysics, the idea of eternal reconciliation, reconciliation between conflicting parties, I mean, parties in the society, reconciliation between uh, man and man, reconciliation between the natural and the supernatural. There are different practices that intended to reconcile God with man. For example, the Atetis, the Dubertis group of females who make a kind of rituals when God is expected to refuse for human intentions or desires. Or, uh, yeah, this needs certain broad studies. So eternal reconciliation is a kind of, uh, has its own social and ecological implications. We can have certain discussions in this regard. The idea of person, personalist world, the world is not a world of things unlike Cartesian subjective term in Bacon's uh, control mechanism, the knowledge of power to control subjugate nature. The Ethiopian world is a world of things is one of the important issues that we may have as an pressing idea. Ethics and virtuousness that is adored by the society, common survival and reason of state that is shaped by the traditional school systems uh, and teaching practices. Methodologically, we can have these kinds of approaches, for example, interpretation hermetics, the Hatata and the Andamta are unique. I mean, especially the Andamta is a unique um, contribution from the Ethiopian. When the worlds are fighting each other and conflicting each other, the interpreter reconciles them. If the books are, for example, the biblical, in the biblical interpretation, if the books are conflicting and seemingly contradiction, is there in the books, the teacher or the translator, and the interpreter can reconcile them. So the search for the history of ideas in Kip intellectual tradition is to demarcate what Levin characterizes as the high culture and the low culture. Sorry for the typing here. The low culture is that we practice in our daily activities indiscriminately between the elites and the non-elites. But the high culture is the culture that is practiced by the sages, the people of wisdom, the Tabiban, the philosophers, thereby to identify the classical ideas that has kind of implications for the study of history of ideas in human civilization, and at the same time, uh, specifically grasping the totality and essential nature, natures and characteristics of Ethiopian philosophy. When I come to philosophy in Ethiopian philosophy, uh, Ethiopia and Ethiopians have been characterized by different uh, scholars, historians, and sociologists, travelers like David and so on and so on. Uh, cultural and religious social males to Ethiopian philosophy can have a kind of contribution to understand, totally understand the Ethiopian context. Sanai Sarak Abraham's introduction in this regard is very important. Philosophy in Ethiopia, as indicated above, entertains a form of indigenous knowledge systems and systematic adaptation from foreign wisdom uh, accompanied with original texts. So from the general and I mean, from the generality and entertaining mixed world views, mixed world views in that case is both religious and secular world views, uh, cultural and uh, philosophical reflections uh, translated and original texts and so on and so on. As such, it needs a kind of definition and redefinition. These kinds of interpretation in the 
Ethiopian philosophy can be approached through either strict interpretation or through vast interpretation, as uh, Tedros Kirosi and Sumner suggested to understand Ethiopian philosophy. So in this case, Ethiopian philosophy uh, are philosophers are Tabiban. You know, the Tabiban or the people of wisdom are adored in Ethiopia, specifically the translator of uh, the book of the wise philosophers in the 15th century upon Mikhail invites his colleges, the monks, to the words of the Tabibans. These are people who are capable of giving us God's wisdom in understandable language. This is what we can learn from them for the purpose of rectifying our behaviors, for the purpose of, I mean, uh, what you call, consolation of philosophy. These kinds of terms are in the introduction of the wise philosophers and important. So Abamikael's translation of the book of the wise philosophers has this conviction that philosophers are people of wisdom who can brought the word, the, the word of God in another way that is uh, written, uh, I mean, in another way of written in the Bibles or other philosophy, I mean, religious texts. So characteristics of Ethiopian philosophy can be communal, communal, communalities, popular wisdom, religious, uh, mythical at the same time, uh, human-oriented, not uh, yet theocentered and uh, uh, eco-centered, uh, morality, ethics, and virtue-centered, uh, wisdom and cultivating the mind, protecting the mind, looking after your mind. For example, in the physical, there is a symbolic representation that we can, we have to take a lesson from the serpent who looks after his mind. That is a precious element in our life. That kind of understanding of the mind as a precious element is a kind of Spinozist self, which we can found from the uh, World Health Treaties. When I say a self, I'm talking about my soul, not my flesh. And this is the essential nature of myself. This is the mind that we should look after that persists in Ethiopian worldview. It depends on nature, and at the same time, it is uh, friendly with nature, the personal story that I'll come back to that. Now, there is a parallel uh, to the sources of philosophy in Ethiopia that should be consulted to us to unhide this history of ideas. So where can we get this history of ideas? From the culture, the cultural menus, from religious teachings, from the sages, as uh, Oruka documented philosophic studies. And from these careful borrowings, translations, careful borrowings, oral literature like the Kne tradition, a modern education and comments from professional philosophers who, are, who may be uh, trained by more through European uh, culture, but who have a kind of affinity to the Ethiopian reality. So these kinds of um, sources can give us a clue. Without the later developments of Ethiopian philosophy, that is, Fisalkos uh, is deprived of its significance. Now, Samar is making a kind of lineage between the Fisalkos to um, within the Fisalkos and the Hatatas. Without the Fisalkos, the written Ethiopian philosophy is deprived of its roots. Its roots. So the, the Hatatas assume the general characteristic of Ethiopian philosophy. They have their own foundation on the uh, predecessor texts like the Fisalkos that are interpreted and uh, translated. And at the same time, from the different, their different backgrounds, specifically the Yaakovos, 
one of the students who have already done with uh, what is expected from the students of the church. So his thoughts may be influenced from this. The methods, the discourse, the examinations, the searching for those, uh, the Hasata and the Andumta tell us his, because he said that when the, the book was not agreeing with my own conviction, I didn't eat. But unfortunately, when the Psalms did not agree with my own conviction, I interpret them in, in a way that can, I mean, appease me or that can satisfy my own desires. And that is what, what he calls the Andumta and the interpretation. When the worlds fight each other, we can reconcile them. When the worlds fight with our convictions and emotions, we can interpret and reinterpret them in a way that can fit our uh, own inter So meteorologically, uh, he uses Hatata and he was a critic of the social reality of his time, not a critic from the external observation or external specter, I mean, observer, but he was an immense critic. He was criticizing the life that he was living the wisdom that we, I mean, the, the culture that he is seeing, and he was not at ease about the political and religious turmoil of his time. That's why we can easily situate the, the, the Hatatas. They show the authenticity. Uh, yeah, their originality can be defended. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why we are defending their originality or not. The thing is that we have to search out their flavor, Ethiopian flavor, and their role. They are situated in the historical, religious, cultural, and educational milieus of the Ethiopian intellectual tradition. And we can find quotes from these texts that may tell us a kind of parallel sayings from the other texts. By the issues, they emphasize, they prove that the ideas are central issues in the history of ideas. They aspire for reconciliation, for communication, for social justice, for harmony, and so on and so on. By the method they adopt, they prove this contextuality. They too exhibit exceptionalities. In that case, they are a complete personal account from the, an independent observer who centered himself as a reflection, a reflection not saying we or that, and so. but they are people who are Iranians interpreting and Iranians in aspiring to impose their own ideas. That is not the intention of God. It critics of the central issues in the society, like fasting, patriarchal hegemony, monasticism, religious commitment. These things are things that are what you call uh, canonical, not dogmatic. He refrains from dogmatic issues. You remember from our yesterday's study, uh, discussion. He refrains from dogmatic issues like the Trinity because this is a central issue that creates conflict between. So he don't want to be a participant in that conflict. He just focuses on the problems that may uh, relieve us from these kinds of problems like uh, modernity, thinking, reflection, and uh, a good life. Uh, modernist enlightenments and revolutionary potentials than preserving the wisdom of our forefathers. His last word, for example, is visionary, lest our people should not kill each other by the wisdom they did not examine. Just we have to give them certain clues and guidance on how to accept certain truths after rigorous examinations. So he was a kind of, especially Zariakov was a kind of modernist. The chain between metaphysical, epistemological, and axiological issues is exceptional. That is from his metaphysical foundation, he try, I mean, from his metaphysical quest, he tries to approach on the, how can we, we have a certain knowledge or a possibility of knowledge that's epistemological responsibility of the learner. And then from this knowledge, how can we live a good life that is an ethical or axiological responsibility? So these kinds of links are uh, 
unique for these texts, we can say. Now man is born by nature with natural realities, but he's an outcome of actualities, actualities that can be shaped by his own choices. So God is not responsible for our behaviors. We are responsible for ourselves. This is metaphysically and ethically interlinking the nature of man and nurture of man. Uh, truth, an outcome of scrutiny, pure intelligence of the rational mind immediately revealed and concealed from the observation of the orders of nature plus from demanding from God through prayer. This is what you call the Ethiopian flavor. We can learn from nature plus we can receive from God certain knowledge that is uh, beyond our scope, um, beyond, beyond our power. How can we analyze their content, for example, on the will of God? Uh, and the immortality of the soul in praise to God, all creatures participate. This is uniquely Ethiopian uh, characterization. In praising God, everything participates. If you consult, for example, a teacher from Ethiopian Orthodox Church, how things participate in praising God, he can replay to you that everything is created by God, they should replay to God. We have to use natural entities for his uh, appeasing, for um, presenting to God. So they are participating directly or indirectly in praise. This is Jacobs. Uh, in closing his treatise, he wrote on the importance of examining truths and uh, refraining us from the possible falsities that may lead us into unnecessary conflicts. So unexamined truths are the reasons why we are conflicting. Well, the uh, metaphysical and ethical positions reveal distinct influence from his uh, direct influence from his teacher, but he tries to avoid a direct copy from his teacher by directing himself into a kind of practical issues. That's what okay, we can say that. While the Ryakov's Hatata is abstract, well, the youths can be practical philosophy or an applied ethics. He focused on issues, for example, sexuality, ethics of aid, education, hygienic life, multiculturalism, communication, and so on and so on. These are practical issues that he tries to give an advice for his society on how to live harmonious. Uh, God is a source of all wisdom and science. That's a commonality between the Tuhatas. Examining the books and teachings of the fathers, uh, kind of Cartesian doubt. We have to examine the teachings. We should not accept them as they are. In a way of Lebanesian pre-established harmony, if we understand the world, we can uh, hide the, the fundamental uh, laws that govern the world. Uh, man is a special creature, kind of hierarchical uh, metaphysics like Aquinas, and the self Spinozist focus on the soul or the mind, not the flesh. These are the philosophical contents that we make. It's a possibility of souls, uh, more conscious souls, but that are beyond the scope of our scrutiny, he says, about the angels or other souls. But we can talk about the souls that are lower than human beings, the souls of animals that are only life-giving principles, not conscious principles, like conscious souls, like uh, Cartesian uh, demarcation between man and animal souls, and so on and so on. So we are given the light of reason, that is what you call Hegel Buna in our yesterday's discussion. The light of reason is the light that gives us a demarcation between goodness and badness, regardless of our teaching background. We know that, we distinct, we, 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 we have a capacity to demarcate between goodness and badness through the dictate of the light of reason, Brahana Helena, or Ethiopian Hegel Puna, or Kantian Goodwill, that gives us a guidance on how to distinguish between goodness and uh, So nobody is, a, I mean, we need not uh, a one who teaches us which one is good or 
we know that from the, the light of the heart. On the problem of good will and evil, his argument is uh, vivid. He accepts a kind of uh, Lebanese's hacks and Iranian's that the evil is therapy and God uh, is punishing us for a kind of soul making process. I, I see these kinds of uh, commonality between Hayek's uh, Leibniz's uh, argument that nature acts in a way that can punish some and uh, reward others from uh, all the Hood's uh, treaties. Uh, personal God, not a rational God. His God is a personal God. We approach God, he can replay for us. This is uh, religious influence from, his, from their background. The God of the Reacobian world is not. Uh, rational God. It's a personal God, the God that is nearer to us, Yeruk. And I mean, the God that is nearer to us. If we ask Him, He can replay us as He made it as possible. And that question should be from the pure heart, not from a kind of trick or treacherous actions. Metaphysical base for the unity among human beings, that is an extraordinary contribution in His multiculturalism and so on and so on debates in our contemporary era. Each and every human being is created by the image of God and there is no difference. Uh, we are all equal, that is equality, the issue of equality. One uh, on philosophical, philosophy of education, he adores a kind of a multicultural education that we can enrich our epistemological aspirations from different sources like a bee that gathers honey from different flowers. He uses the symbolism. In kind of uh, importance of work, he was just anticipating Marx, and in a kind of his uh, defining of private property, he appears to be Lokian of his time. On the marriage and sexuality and so on and so on. Children develop, developing the child in leadership. These are practical advices from the world of treaties, unlike the generalized and abstract issues of uh, his teacher. Contextual uh, roles, historical and uh, social critic, uh, their contextual historical significances, we can just have these kinds of significances because they jot down things from an independent and neutral versions, unlike the chronicles. So they give us, um, a, 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 I mean, what to call, a bare factors about the historical events. So we have the, the opportunity to analyze their uh, facts. Philosophical, metaphysical, epistemological issues, history of ideas, and for the one who tries to search philosophy from the unheard voices, they can give us a gateway to analyze Ethiopian world view, uh, to understand African philosophy as a methodological approach to understand the um, possible uh, lacunas uh, in, 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 in grasping the totality of humanity. We can adopt these kinds of uh, methodologies. Another debate on the rationality of the heart or labai. What is a rational, is, is the heart rational or a kind of biological entity? I don't know. What is Lebaoi is the, the, the root term is the heart in Ethiopian uh, literature. But what does it mean? Nobody has examined this one as far as my research is concerned. So a careful analysis of the historical ideas for research from the philosophical perspectives. Such analysis requires holistic approach to uh, the material, pedagogical, and methodological aspects of the intellectual tradition. Analysis on the internal and the external approach to the two Hatatas shows their situatedness and exceptionality, both prove the authenticity 
attributable to the 7th century ethiopian free thinkers integrated study on the ethiopian studies can yield kind of valuable results to the study of great ideas in human civilization complete history of the world led in ethiopia's oral and written tradition is a unique phenomenon of uh, such study by bridging between the folk wisdom in personal reflection the oral and the written the original in the translation these kinds of issues can be uh, issues that can demand I and mean, that demand further investigations the controversy on the authenticity of the treatises appears to be only secondary in my understanding thank you very much sure.